Let's do it. Let's pray together. Father, you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our attention. So, Lord, we remember that worship is putting our mind's attention and our heart's affections upon you. As we worship in the word this morning, Lord, may your spirit convict us, convince us, and allow us to see Jesus. That is our prayer. Father, convert souls through your word this morning by your spirit. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. When I was growing up, there were two famous movie reviewers. They were a team. They were partners. They even had a TV show. They would review movies as they came out. And I'm wondering if any of you remember their names. Siskel and Ebert. There's also a guy, some of you younger guys might may recognize. He roams around the country reviewing diners, dives, and drive throughs Anybody might know? What is it? Dinans? Dinans? What's his name? Guy Fieri. That's close. For any of you tech guys, there's a technical website out there that got made prominent through its review of printers, computers, and hardware that was released. You may not know this one, but I do. His name's CNET. If you remember them, there was also one when I was growing up, they had a magazine they would send out very regularly reviewing automobiles, washers, and dryers, and appliances. Anybody remember that magazine? What was it called? Consumer Reports? I think that's what it was called. Today, as all of you know, one of the reasons why Amazon got so big and powerful is because of user reviews. And I looked up on Amazon just this morning. I looked up the, uh, the, most, uh, the person with the most reviews, and they had 6,977 reviews. One person. I guess that's their full-time job. The only one is the name of the reviewer. Reviews have been an important part of American history, uh, consumer at least history. Reviews are important because they give us a picture or a window into something that we want to know. Popular even today, we have a friend who opened up a laptop computer and videoed themselves opening the box and opening the computer and showing you what it did, who has thousands and thousands of views on her YouTube channel because this high school student said, this is what my new computer looks like. We want to know we want to see what someone else saw in it. We want to know what do you think is important about it because we want to see it and be able to say, do I need that? Do I want that? Reviews are important. So this morning, we as a church will dig into the book of 1 John and do our very own review of what is the book of 1 John about. We've started at the beginning of 2020 before things and while things shut down, the world around us came to a, a screeching halt. We took um, a brief, uh, a one-year 
absence from our study of 1 John to study the Bible together. But now we are finishing up 1 John. We'll do a few uh, messages in between, and then I'll begin uh, very soon the book of Daniel as a church. So that's our plan for the next few weeks. But today we review. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open up to the book of 1 John. We'll begin in chapter 1. Uh, and some portions, but let me read to you from 1 John 1, 5 through 7. It says this, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have koinonia. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sin. We are taking the year of 2022 and being together in 2022. And I hope that you've enjoyed being together this year. We're halfway through. But we're still together. Last week we focused on what is true. What is your source of truth? We looked at Snopes and the sign of Snopes that tries to be a fact checker or a truth teller. And we find even Snopes is not a good source of truth as they make up their own things. News stations today make up their own news and focus on things with an agenda. What is our source of truth as Christians? It is the word of God, what the apostles and prophets intended to communicate, not what we can make scripture say. And ultimately our source of truth is Jesus Christ the Lord, who is the true Savior and Lord of us. This morning, we're going to take a few, a, a broad overview of First John to review what we've learned uh, and, and remember what we've learned and, and before we close this book out. And we'll begin with how John begins the book. First uh, John 1, 1 through 3. Let me read it for you. First John 1 through 3. Uh, and the question is, who is Jesus? And this is one of the answers that John intends to give. Who is Jesus? Jesus has a lot of, um, a lot of uh, opinions about who Jesus is. A lot of words have been written about who Jesus is. Well, what does the Bible say about who Jesus is? Here's what John says. That which was from the beginning, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and touched with our hands... Concerning the word of life. Jesus is the word of life. He's the Logos Zoe. The Logos, the word of life. The life that was made known, made manifest. And we have seen it. And we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life. Which was with the Father and was made known, made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, that you too may have koinonia with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. John is going at great lengths to communicate to us that Jesus is the Word of God. He is the representation of who God is. We can think about an ambassador, somebody who is sent to a foreign country. As our country, we have ambassadors that go to all these countries and they represent the will and the desire, the posture of what the United States is in other countries. 
And there's one person there, the ambassador of the United States to Sudan or to Nigeria. And we send somebody that represents God has sent his son to represent who God is to us. He is the word of life. He has sent his son. And if we want to think of religion outside of who Jesus is, we've missed the point. We see who God is through Jesus. And if we want koinonia, if we want fellowship with God, it must come through what has been revealed through his son. Church, this is why it's so important that we don't just... Um, I was talking to Trinell this morning. This morning, we were talking about a movie that she saw that had things that were not, that were contrary to the scripture. It was a Bible movie, but it was contrary to what the scripture told us. There are so many misrepresentations out there. We must go to what is true. And so, Christian, if you are not reading your Bible, studying who Jesus was, studying who Jesus is, then you may be buying into something that is not true. And it's important. This is why we teach our children Bible study every Sunday morning. Shirley's over there teaching them. This is who God is. This is what the Bible says. So essential. If we want to be equipped to do God's work, we have to know who Jesus is. That's why we meet several times a week. We open our Bible and we say, what do we need to learn this week? Secondly, not only is Jesus our representative, our ambassador from God, Jesus is our advocate. Look in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Who is Jesus? He's our ambassador from God. He's our advocate. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is not just for us. He's meant to be shared. He's for the whole world. And he's meant to be an advocate for the whole world. We are. And, and, let me share this with you guys. Um, if any of us went to the White House today. And we walked in the door and we said. I need to see the president. What would they tell us? Do, do you have an appointment? Who, who are you? Why do you need to see the president? What makes you so worthy that you think you can go see the president? We, we aren't worthy to go see the president. We don't have the credentials, if you will. We don't have what it takes. Well, I got news for all of us. I think we all know this. Our Father in Heaven is much greater than any president that sits in our White House. Or any king that sits on any throne in this world. What makes us think we're worthy to go? We are not. Therefore, we need a representative. Someone to represent us. And all of humanity. And who is that church? Jesus. That's Jesus Christ our Lord. We need an advocate. Sometimes we think, eh, well God listen to me. God do what I want you to do. 
We try to boss God around in our prayers. Who do we think we are? Like, this is the God of the universe. Why is he going to do what we tell him to do? He's not. He's God. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. But we do have an advocate. Someone who goes before the Father in our stead. Does God listen to his son? Oh, you betcha. I listen to my son. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is worthy when we are not. Praise God that his son goes on our behalf before him. Jesus is our advocate. He's our ambassador. He's our advocate. And Jesus is the true one. Look at 1 John 5, 20. We looked at this recently. Y'all still with me this morning? All right, we're talking about Jesus. I hope you're with me. 1 John 5, 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us what? Understanding. Understanding. Jesus is our understanding giver. He's the one who gives us what we know about God. So that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Jesus is the true one. He's the one who shows us and reveals to us what is true. There are a lot of sources of information. Jonathan, did you see the picture from the James Webb Telescope? They released it last week. I know you were interested in it. Do you see the picture? There are a lot of things that can give us information. I want you to go check it out. Not right now, but after the message. He's like, pull out his phone. <laughs> wait, 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 I gotta go see it. There are a lot of sources of information out there. They're not all true. At our camp this week, they had uh, three characters that were competing and they were helping each other. Or they were representing different sections of the room. And uh, one guy was, they, they were all quirky. One of them was the kind of the new age, um, every one with nature guy. And, Real calm and meditating guy. And one was the conspiracy theorist guy. So this was the guy who, who believed, he said, birds aren't real. And everything was a, a government plan against them. And we needed to be on watch because we needed to block ourselves from all the unhealthy uh, things that were put into place by people to control us. And this was the conspiracy theory guy. And then you had one guy who was the, the goody-goody uh, guy who... who uh, did everything right and, and was real self-righteous, kind of that, that kind of guy. But this middle guy, the conspiracy theorist guy, he was always worried about what was being given to him. And, and that's, that's something that, that I think people have seen and people have been burned by people who have presented misinformation in the true sense. When people are lied to, they begin to wonder, well, are they lying to me as well? Aren't they telling me things that aren't true? And that's human nature, and it's good in a lot of ways. It protects us. A lot of information is presented. It's not all true. We know that. How do we get to what's true? Like I told Mr. Trinnell this morning, we've got to go to the Scripture. Those movies aren't true. It's the Scripture that's our source of truth. And Jesus Christ is our true representation of who God is. Y'all, we are Christian for a reason. Because we believe that Jesus Christ is true. i say that again. We don't believe in religion 
or spirituality. We believe in Jesus Christ and what he represented to us. And if it disagrees with what Jesus said, then we disagree with it. What is true justice? What is true love? It's what Jesus said, not what the TV tells us or the country song tells us. Who is Jesus? Well, 1 John tells us that. That's my review. I'm giving my review to y'all. Hey, what's 1 John about? It tells us who Jesus is. It tells us who Jesus is. What else does 1 John tell us? Well, it tells us who we are. 1 John chapter 3. If y'all will turn there. Get your Bible out. If you've got it, turn it on. Flip it open. 1 John 3. Verse 1 through 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. Or behold what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called what? Children of God. Who are we? Christian? Who are you? You are a child of God. In the sense that God has placed his love upon you. He has a special affection for you. A special affection that he does not have for everybody. God has placed his special love upon you as his child. The reason why the world, those are the godless, the world does not know us is because it does not know or it did not know him. We are a special called out group of people in this world. And that's not to say that that it's because of our worthiness. I've already told y'all we're not worthy. It's because God has so placed his love upon you, Christian. If that doesn't humble you, I don't know what will. That God has chosen to love you. That's so humbling. Beloved, verse 2. We are now, or we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But what we know, but we know that when he appears again, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him for all that he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him or has their hope in him purifies himself as he is pure or because he is pure. So here it is. Who are we? We're children of God. But that doesn't just make us walk around going, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, I'm a child of God. No, that's a special calling upon our lives to say, so I'm not going to live like those in the world or those under the rule of Satan and his dominion. I'm not going to live like that. I am different. And what is that last? Read verse three for me, church. What's it say? And everyone what? Yeah. Y'all see that? The way of life for a child of God is a way of purity. That's who we are. We are people who try to constantly purify ourselves. Now, I hope that most of you take a shower regularly or a bath regularly. Some of you may, that may not be something you like to do. Might not have any close friends, but what is the reason that we take that shower, that bath, 
Why do we wash our hair? Why are we doing that? So the people around us don't go, what's going on with that thing? I mean, if y'all went to camp with us, y'all know what foot smell smells like. That's all I'm going to say. We learned that this week. Experientially, we learned that. We have to purify ourselves regularly because we just start to stink, you know? And by the time young men get to high school, they finally figured that out. That middle school years, that's tough. When they get to high school, they realize. Most of them realize, I should say. It's the right time, thank you. What about Christianity? What about our faith? Don't we need to continually purify ourselves? Don't we fall into sin at times? Don't we give in? Don't we need to become better and better? Everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies Himself as God is pure. That's what we want to do. Look, we're the bride of Christ. We don't want to show up and be a raunchy wife, a raunchy wife for our holy husband, Jesus Christ. Do we? I, I don't. I want to give my best to my spouse. And if I want to give my best for her, I certainly want to give my best for my Lord. Alright? Who is Jesus? He's our ambassador. He's our advocate. He's our source of truth. Who are we? We are God's children who are purifying ourselves. Alright? If we're purifying ourselves then, what does that mean? How does that play out? John gets into that as well. 1 John chapter 3, verse 6 through 10. A little bit of a lengthy passage, but stick with me on it. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. There's that purification. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. If you continue in sin, you're not a child of God. That's a good test for us. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous. As he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, take a pause for a moment here. Jesus came to overcome. The world was in darkness and lost, was sinning. Think back to Noah and his day. Okay? Think about it. The scripture says that everyone was sinful beyond every thought and intention of every man's heart was evil. That's what the scripture says. It was nasty. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Think about that stage of history. And when Jesus came, even the religious people were so vile that they hated God's son. Think about that. That's the state of the world. And then here comes the ark to save Noah and his family. Here comes Jesus to save God's children. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He did not come to sit and look and observe. He came to do something. And he's come to give us something to do. We are a church that must be conquering and overcoming the powers of evil. 
It's not enough for us to come to church and just sit here and listen. We are a church that must do and be these Christian soldiers that the old hymn writers sang about. Where are we? We are God's church. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him. If you are God's seed, then you are abiding in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. The spirit of God is in you. He has birthed you spiritually. By this it's evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. You ready? Who are you? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Did you hear that? If you are not a righteousness worker, you are not of God. That righteousness worker, that's who children of God are because the Spirit of God is in us and the Spirit of God does good deeds. Nor is the one who does not love his brother. Just being a faithful to your wife and, and not saying bad words is not enough. If you are not a spirit-filled Righteousness worker, he says, you are not of God. So who are we? How do we act? We must walk in holiness. We must walk in righteousness, doing righteous deeds. Secondly, how do we act? Well, we are loving. First John 3, 11, here's a couple passages. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Here we go. First John 3, 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should what? Love one another. What is love? Wanting the best for someone and doing something about it. Love is an action. It is something that we do. It is not something that we feel merely. We should love one another. First John 3.16. You know John 3.16. Right? You know First John 3.16. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us. God loved us. He wanted the best for us. He did something about it. He laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. At camp this week the pastor said. If your church disappeared. Would your community know would your community recognize that if your church stopped functioning, if your church closed, if this church closed, would Plaquemin, would Addis, Bruley, would our areas, would they know that our church wasn't here anymore? If they wouldn't know, we got a problem. We got a problem. We should be laying down our lives for each other. And we should be doing things that matter. Verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed. And in truth, the love that, the, that God calls us to 
is a love in deed and a love in truth. Love is wanting the best for someone and deeding it and doing something about it. One, one other note on this passage that I, I preached last year, whenever we did this. Just being nice to people is not enough. This says we love in deed and in truth. Friends, we need to speak the name of Jesus as we're being nice to people. We need to communicate Jesus Christ. And, and there, there has been an uprising uh, or a, a stream of thought of, look, I'm just going to live Jesus and, and I'm going to let, uh, let my deeds do the talking. Preach Jesus as often as you can. Use words when necessary. And I, I think that's not biblical. We need to... Not just be, not just, I mean, even this says not just in word or talk. <laughs> that's, that's the bare minimum. Certainly we shouldn't exclude it from what the fullness of love is. Yes, we love indeed and in truth. All right, one other thing in my review of First John for you guys. The review of First John. First John, if you have, if you know somebody that's wrestling with their Christian faith. Are you a Christian? Do you know if you're a Christian or not? Um, y'all, let me let's just give you a thought. Uh, when I talk to people or like at camp, I ask several people, do you know if you're a, a Christian or not? Like people who have been to church for 20 years. Do you know if you're a Christian? Are you, are you born again? I ask people. And I don't ask it to be rude in any way or disrespectful. So if I ask you that, please don't take that as an offense. I, I really want to know, have you considered, are you truly born again or are you just a church attender? And I'm grateful. Many people I talk to, they say, I, I don't know. Or I don't, I don't think that I am. Or I'm not sure. And so I'll ask you, let's just imagine we're one-on-one -on -one this morning. Are you born again? Is the Spirit of God in you where you see evidence of life? You know, not like your blood pumping, but evidence of life, like spiritual life, like a, a craving to know God, a craving to pray, a craving to, to sing, or, or stand while people are singing if you don't sing very well, like Mr. Stephen. And, and listen to people sing, but, but enjoy the words. Hear the words, Ambriel. She's not listening. Ambriel, hear the words. Hear the words. That was what she encouraged everybody while we were singing at camp. Hear the words. Is that craving in you? Are you born again? Are you alive? Here, first John has the tests of faith. So this is what I encourage you. If, you. if you're talking to someone and asking them these spiritual questions, 1 John is a great place to go because he asks a whole lot of ifs. If, if, if this, then that. If this, then that. Let me give you a couple of them. 1 John 1, 6. 
If we say we have fellowship, koinonia, with him while we walk in darkness, we are liars and we do not practice the truth. Well, if you say you know God, how do you have fellowship? Well, there's got to be a spiritual fellowship between you and God. That is, you've got to be born again to have that. If you say you have fellowship with God, but you walk in darkness, the Bible says we're a liar. Just because people say something doesn't mean it's true. All right, how about another test? 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sin. If you're walking in the truth, in the light, if you're doing Christian things, if you're serving and loving your brother and sisters in Christ, then you do have fellowship with God. Then you are cleansed. How do you know if you're a Christian? Are you walking in the light? Are you a what, Mary? Are you a light walker? Are you a light walker? Are you a darkness dweller? Is your friend you're talking to, are they a light walker or are they a darkness dweller? You can tell. The scripture gives us quantifying tests. Here's another one. 1 John 1 8. 1 John 1 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say, I'm all right, I'm all right, I got it, we deceive ourselves. Verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Christians are those who come and say, I know that I need redemption. I know who I am. I know my thoughts. I know my deeds. I recognize. I will never stand up here before you and say, I've got it figured out. Not, I don't. I know that I need Jesus every day. I, I do not say that I don't sin. And, and I've probably apologized to most people in this building for something. Unless you're new. Christians recognize we need a Savior. So let me take a moment and express this to you, if I may. Christians are those who, who have recognized what the Bible says, that all sin and fall short of God's glory. We're deficient. Not only in the deeds that we do, but in the nature of who we are. We are vessels of wrath before Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us we are, we are vessels of God's wrath. That outside of the Jesus Christ, outside of the, the boat, back to the Noah illustration, if we're not in the boat, if we're not in Christ, we are an object of God's wrath. And God has intended destruction for us because we are outside of his sight and we have fallen short of his glory. And, and I say this, please don't take this the wrong way, but people who go to hell are there because they are being punished willfully by God.
But God, because of the great love with which he loved us, has sent his son to save those who would believe. And so this morning I ask you, if you are outside of, outside of Christ, if you have rejected the offer of his son, if you've rejected the command of his son, come and follow me. Your end is destruction. And the wrath of God is upon you and there's nothing I can do to help. And there's nothing anybody around you can do to help. Eternal damnation. Eternal damnation. There's no undo button. And there's no opportunity once you, once you die to change your mind. Hell is not a joke. It is very real. And this morning you're hearing that there is salvation from the wrath of God in His Son. And I offer to you this morning, come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Make your life right with Him. Confess your sin before Him. If you say you don't need Him, you've proven yourself worthy of His wrath. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Will you believe in his son? Not believe that he was here, not believe that he exists, not believe that he's God's son. Because the devil believes all of those things. But believe him in a way that you're willing to follow him and serve him and be his servant. Do you believe Finally, the call of Christ. Brother Stephen read this passage earlier. It might be my favorite passage in 1 John. It's chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What is the world? We looked at what that means a couple of weeks ago. That is the system governed by the enemy, governed by the devil. It is the thought patterns. It is the deeds. It is the power structures that are rooted so deeply in America today and around the world today. It is self-centeredness. It is it is self-glorification, it is self-serving, it is self-honoring, it is me-centered, it is anything against proclaiming Christ as our ultimate rule and reign. It is idolatrous, it is anything that is outside of giving thanks to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, I want, I want, I want. The pride of life. I am my own God. I am me. I define me. It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. 
Y'all hear this. Y'all read this with me. The world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God, what church? Abides forever. If you are under the will of God, if the Spirit of God is in you, you abide forever. You abide forever in God's grace. So what do you love? That really defines who you are. What do you love? Do you love God? Do you love the things of God? Do you love the people of God? Do you love the world? Do you love the things of the world? Do you love the people of the world? Do you love the ideas of the world? What do you love? If you want to know who you are, I'll ask you, what do you love? Last week we looked at idolatry. Do you love God or do you love something else? John's passion is that we believe in the Son. I write these things so that you might believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That's how John, that's what he writes. I write these things that you might believe. So I close this morning with a question. Do you believe? Do you believe? How do you know? How do you know that you believe? What do you love? What do you love? If you need to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, I invite you to pray and cry out to him. Father, save me through your son, Jesus Christ. I need redemption this morning. I know my destiny, and my destiny is not what I need it to be, not what I want it to be. I want to come to your son. I want to repent of my sin, and I want to become a child of God in Jesus Christ. I want to love you more than I love the world. That's what Christian faith is. And, and it's not a magic prayer that's going to save you. It's a conversion of your soul that saves you. Cry out to God. God, save my soul. Christian, you're converted. What is it, what's in it for you this morning? Maybe your love, maybe you've lost your first love. Maybe you've abandoned your first love. Maybe you've compromised what you love Maybe there's someone in your life, something in your life that's making you compromise your love for Jesus. You need to do something about that. Whatever you need to do, I encourage you. John encourages you. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Let's pray. Father, we love you, we trust you, we are thankful for the work you've done in us. We're thankful for this book that has taught us. God, help us to love you, to love your people, and to do what God, what you have called us to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.